0: Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Fighting Words. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing well. Joined again by Jack Korzanowski. Um... You guys didn't hear this because we were just talking amongst ourselves, but prior to us recording, we were just uh, congratulating and affirming each other, just building one another up about how wonderful we were. Do you remember? No. You were telling me about how wonderful my voice was, and oh, I was telling you yeah. likewise. That's
1: right. Yeah, we were talking about each other's voices. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you So a, it was great. A, you got a good voice. You say I got a good voice, which is nice to hear.
0: Uh, well, the voice is nice it. to hear. Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that.
1: I did not even mean that. I am on fire already. Okay,
0: question. Yes. Off topic. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue down these uh, Zuby twenty-one things I've learned, or twenty yeah. things, whatever it is. Um, is God selfish? Is He
1: selfish? Oh man, we have we could have a whole conversation.
0: No, well, we're going to settle this quickly.
1: Trailing off that, is He selfish? In that He wants to do things well. How do you define selfish?
0: Mm. Depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. Oh. In other words, that whole sentence, you don't know that reference. Uh, That's from Bill Clinton era. Oh, I don't remember that. When he was being, you know, he was... uh, in trouble with the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, and yep. then he was getting pressed on questions. And I don't remember the question. Someone asked him a question, and the other thing was, well, because it depends on what the meaning of the word "is" is. <laughs> it's like when you have to go to yeah. <laughs> that. It's just like, yikes, buddy. All right, what did you do? It's got well. Let's look it up. What uh-huh. was your gut instinct when I said that? My gut instinct is not so much.
1: It wasn't so much to the selfish question itself, but it has to do with the concepts of something that i've i've tried to wrap my mind around or maybe try to how do i help others wrap their mind around it is the concept that god does things for his glory and how he were supposed to be slaves to him and his will both those things sound kind of like bad by which i mean if you know like a leader in this world who's trying to do things for his glory what do you think you think that he's going to be Selfish? You think that he's going to hurt others, probably in the process? Or you know, I mean, look how many like emperors and and god kings back in the day would work their people to death to bring to build monuments of themselves, right? That's bringing that's hurt that's using others for the sake of their own glory. And then the same thing with slavery. So, I mean, our own country has a history of that, where whole peoples were exploited, abused, worked to death, um, and were held in captivity for. Their whole lives for generations on end. And um, a lot of damage came from that. So when we hear God wants to work all things for his own glory and we ought to be slaves to him, we automatically think of those two, those instances where the people, when other pe- people, when other people try to do those, they abuse and uh, mistreat others. So we bring that baggage to the image of, to uh, not the image of God, not. Mankind, but to God Himself. When we hear those things, and that's those premises are incorrect, and that being uh, Him bringing or doing things to His glory is going to benefit us. Unlike when the leaders of today do the same thing, us being en- en- enslaved to Him is for our benefit, not to His
0: at our expense. Right. So I looked up the word selfish, and uh, yeah. So the here's what it says. Um lacking consideration for others. Mm. So well, by that definition, I would not say he's selfish. I would agree
1: with that. I would agree with you, yeah. Right, right. Uh
0: concern but then it says concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure. See here's where it gets tricky is that what well, depends on what you mean by pleasure or profit. So this is where the Christian message comes in and says, I would say God is concerned chiefly with his own personal profit or pleasure but what is that pleasure right it's to pleasure his people right see that definition right there if somebody when like
1: i think a lot of people would think well can you read that definition she
0: concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasure
1: the assumption is dot 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 at the expense of others right and when it comes to god it's dot 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 at the benefit of others at the benefit of us right that's the premise that's wrong or the assumption Yes. When, again, when people ask, is God selfish, or is it good to be his slave, or is it good that he brings up, he does all things to his glory? They bring in that inverse um, situation or assumption right. That isn't act doesn't actually apply. It's a false, it's an incorrect assumption.
0: Right. So anyway, just trying to stumble you. Actually, I'm testing you. You know, you've been here like, at Redeemer for a while. I mean, not that everything you've learned, you've learned from us, but been driving home this idea of calvinism and christian hedonism and that's basically what that question is about
1: i've thought about those que- the, like what i just said i've thought about those a lot so, yeah yeah i was pre- i was prepared <laughs> yeah. for that good uh for that question
0: yeah yeah oh man would you what were we discussing in one service one one time after the service it was a wasn't it about this idea of uh the feelings yeah yeah yeah, yeah do you remember what it was? I said something that kind of triggered you a bit, I think it was it was something
1: along the lines of uh, saying that joy is like the most important thing or the oh goal. all that matters is feelings? It was something was like, it like that. that yeah, and that tripped me up in that I've heard, and this is the I think this ties back into what we just were talking about with the whole false premises and false assumptions thing was that sounded to me a lot like, oh Gods just love, you know, do whatever makes you feel good right and that's not what it's about it's about finding your joy in god not just finding your joy and saying oh god must want me to do this because it feels good
0: right and but but the reason i put it so starkly which again this is why you got i'll say things that are a little bit alarmist and you got to teach around it when i say all that matters is feelings uh, what i mean it is it's it's the difference maker like you like god doesn't want you to just go to church give to the poor Mm -hmm. he loves a cheerful giver Mm -hmm. if you're saying okay i don't I don't do this cheerfully which means I don't delight in who you are I don't love them but I'm going to do it I'm going to give to the poor he he. that's damnable outside of for being forgiven by grace you know what I mean like you could do all these things but if they're not done out of worship and joy in God's being then what is it that really matters it wasn't the what was the difference maker the difference maker was the affection Right. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that's that's why I say that's all that really mattered. Yeah. Like, yeah, you came to church. Yeah, you gave. Yeah, you, you know, raised your kids. But like, without the affections, that's the difference maker. What about like when people
1: are having you know a simple, uh, light-hearted example would be someone just having a bad day and they don't feel like going to church. You know, they just feel down or for whatever reason. Should they still say, you know what? I know that. I ought to go to the house of worship and and worship God and learn more about him. And they're not doing it just because it's part of their routine. You know, they don't want to go. Sure. And they realize that it's not like if they miss this one thing, they're going to be damned and that's why they're going. But they're making the conscious
0: effort to, no, I'm going to go. That's the fight for joy. Yeah. But it's not a, well, it doesn't matter how I feel about it. No, it's, oh. it's this. Wow, that really matters. It matters that I don't want to go. Oh, my gosh. That's not good. Yeah but the fight for joy is is the is the is obedience and the prayer for transformation of the affections okay yeah. it's not just obedience
1: so the apathy that you're talking about where it's like you're not doing it out of your feelings you're just doing it to do it you're talking that's more along the lines of the the whole legalism thing then right like were you yeah, just, or just, just check the
0: Hypocrisy
1: box? or you don't care. It just says to do this, I'm going to do it, and you wipe your hands and say, oh, I must be saved now. And right. then that's all, that's all there is to it. You're saying that So if it's the, not about
0: that. The Christian fight is the, is the acknowledgement of the absence of the affections, right? Oh. Okay, so like pure legalism is like, well, I'm just going to go to church because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The Christian walk, when it's healthy, is, oh, It doesn't just matter that we put money in the offering box. Mm -hmm. It matters. In fact, it all turns on how we feel about it. Mm -hmm. And I know most of the time, probably rarely if ever, are my affections in line with what God expects of my affections. And therefore, I'm going to move forward in faith, not just giving but praying and asking God to transform my affections. Right. Right. So because that's the main point, anybody can just put money in a box. Yeah, he doesn't want, I I agree. He wants us to be like affectionate
1: givers, I think you said. Yeah, cheerful givers. Cheerful givers, yeah. And um, I think it's important as well because I I, I think it's. Go ahead. You you got something to say? I do, but. Okay, hold on to that thought because I may may go off on a completely different tangent. I I don't mean to lose it. All right. right. Keep, like, think about what it is so you don't forget it. Not a problem. Okay. Now, um,. I think it's also important to say it's or to distinguish that it's not just about what's maybe aimlessly is the right word uh to try to just feel good in giving for no other reason than you're just Ah, trying to feel good about it that's right you have to like for me what really helps and and i certainly have noticed this transformation myself over the years is that i'm starting to uh so a good example for me is you know it's easy on the when you're walking down the street or you just see people in passing to not realize that they're a person like it's, or just to completely discount them and go about your day. But then in particular with people that you work, you work in or work with or interact with frequently, um, to basically just forget about them and not be considerate about them and forget that they are a person too. Yeah. You're hearing the squeaking out there, ain't you?
0: Yeah. we got kids out in the hallway.
1: Yeah. Um, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, it's fine. It Add some ambiance.
0: No, this is real life. This is raw.
1: Yeah. Um, Where was I? Oh yeah. And what I, how I feel, I've been transformed over the years. Is God is making me realize as I just, I'm literally past people in the grocery store, or um, work with them at work. It's like these are these are not just numbers or just like you know mannequins with faces. These are people with their own stories. Yeah. And their own trials. And God loves them. And wants them back as much as he wants me. Yeah. And when I and my, it's not just me realizing this in my head because you always realize that in your head. It's a fact. Right. Uh, Or you could hear it up, uh, you know, uh, coming from the pulpit. and You can believe that in your brain, but it's over the years I've been like actually feeling that emotionally now. Right. And that is something that I'm very happy to be growing in. Yeah. Because that does help me give it now. Now I understand the joy of helping somebody else. Because God loves them, and if I can help
0: them, and then God rejoices at that. Plus, they're rejoicing, so everybody's happy. Yeah, so happy party. Yeah. And well, it, here was the the question of like, well, well this kind of relates to what you're saying. It's not just aimless uh, cheerfulness. Like, like, why does God love a cheerful giver? Because He loves Himself, and He's a cheerful giver. Okay. So this gets back to kind of God's self centeredness or something like. That's how he gives. That's what's good. When he designed us to give. Giving, giving cheerfully is what's good. Mm-hmm. Giving begrudgingly is not. No. Right? So he's like that's what I'm like, so I want you to be like that. Mhm. Right? And that's how and he well he wanted us to be like that and that's how he
1: made us to be that way. That's how we're designed. That's how that that's that's what we're supposed to be doing. So when we move against that then when things start falling apart not working out and feeling wrong, that's why. Not just that one instance
0: of... No, it's everything. everything. Right. Yeah. so Right. So the, the so we're using the example of cheerful giving, but God loves a cheerful missionary, a cheerful giver, a cheerful praiser, a cheerful um, husband, a cheerful son. Yeah. So anyway, good. So mm-hmm. a little side note there on Christian hedonism. So this this list of... Uh, um, oh, yeah. So this is... For those of you that didn't catch the first episode, you can know, go back and listen to it, but this is a... Uh, what does this guy do? He's kind of a rapper... Uh, well, he does. He puts out music. Not a good rapper. Oh. That's my opinion. No offense, Zuby. He's not listening. But I went on Spotify and listened to a couple of tracks. It's like, eh, do other things. Um, and he does. He He's a, like a, I think, like a uh, health coach. Uh, hmm. He's an author. He's written a couple of books. But he's just kind of built this online influence personality. Wait, wait. So well. he's a
1: rapping health, what was it? Health, uh, <laughs> rapping health, health coach, health coach, author who is also a political commentator. I suppose, but that's the thing. Anybody can be a, a political commentator nowadays, which he actually kind of touched on uh, indirectly. One of the points was, oh man, I have to find it. Uh, uh, hold on. Oh, maybe, maybe this was it. Propaganda is just as effective in the modern day as it was 100 years ago. Access to limitless information has not made the average person any wiser. Um, maybe that was it but basically right all the internet does is allow a bunch of people to say a bunch of stuff now we have the right we have the effort we have the now we have the burden of sifting through the swill well that relates to free speech yeah well the idea well yeah but now the internet is just now it makes free speech so much easier and by free
0: speech I mean getting your message to other people even if it's misinformation right what should we do about that? You got kicked off. Of All right, listen to this. This is crazy. Zuby is a musician. Uh, he's a rapper from the UK um, who's uh, been on the podcast. Are, are you a hip hop fan? No. <laughs> I never would have guessed by looking at you. Picking up your sarcasm. To which he writes, You never know. So you're not going to have a good ear on whether or not this is necessarily good rapping. Okay, 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 okay.
1: Oh, you don't like my style? Okay, dude. Oh, you don't like my lyrics? Okay, dude. Oh, you don't like my politics? Okay, dude. Do you even know what knowledge is? Okay, dude. Oh, now they want to mention me? Okay, dude. So now they want to censor me? Okay, dude. Tiger blood and dragon energy, and I control my legacy, and I got friends and enemies, uh, I'm working hard to make a milli, baby, flow is never wheezy. Couple hundred thousand fans, and it all started with a CD, you st-
0: No. Uh, okay. What'd you think? About the rap? Yeah. It
1: uh, was sh- music, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not a rapper. You don't have a
0: palate no. for it. Mm-mm. So, well, that's not going to help. I'm sorry. Should I leave? No, we're done with that. <laughs> that's not good. Um, Man. What? Well, let's talk about that a little more. This idea where he says, His what rapping? number was that? No, no. Oh. Uh, I think that was number four. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the one I just read. Oh, out. access to limitless information has not made the average person any wiser. Yeah, right. Because it's it's limitless information. There's no filter, so there's there's bad and good coming through. Yep, right? and, and, and knowledge is also not wisdom. No, and this gets into something. This was so I I
1: can't remember if we captured it on the podcast itself or the recording, but I remember coming in. You're saying I didn't have something ahead of time that I wanted to talk about, but one thing that was sort of itching my mind is this concept of um, I'll give you an example uh, did you ever watch a CSI crime yeah. scene investigation mm-hmm. so one of my favorite if not my my all time favorite show and Grissom, Gil Grissom, the main character says evidence doesn't lie which is true but he leaves a very important the second half of the equation out which is we have to interpret that evidence because there's no evidence isn't a sign burned into the earth by Mother Nature saying that Joe Smith is the guy who shot Bob Franklin. Arrest him. You know, you have to follow the evidence. and it's the, the evidence, human element. That, well, it's not just the—well, yes, it's, but it's not just the human element. It's that there is rarely a smoking gun, literally or figuratively, in any scientific m- manner. Or matter you have to there's a bunch of puzzle pieces that you have to put together you have to figure out how they put are put together. hope that you put it together right and then that'll give you a partial picture of what's going on and then you have to move forward from there. All right there's never there's rarely a everything is laid out for you yet it takes no brain power to put everything together and to then uh, draw conclusions and I think uh, meteorology, I think I brought this up last time is a good example. Because these are scientists who do, who work on, you all know, right. weather systems and study weather systems all day, every day. That is their living, and that's their livelihood and their profession. Um, they know more about it than anybody else. But the great thing about meteorologists is that they their their purpose is to predict the weather, and we can tell if their money is where is where their mouth is. We can tell if they're right or they're wrong. Right? They can predict. For example, we had a rainstorm today. I don't remember seeing any estimates for a
0: thunderstorm maybe there was but let's say there wasn't hypothetically well we certainly know that that happens sometimes they call for rain and then all of a sudden that they right. update the forecast and you know some conditions changed and it didn't rain sure but
1: they didn't account for the factors that led to that condition change
0: right they people, missed it
1: yeah and so, and, and these are again, or maybe it was impossible to account for them okay then why do we trust them at all no I don't. why why if the, the si- <laughs> why? <laughs> if the science is inherently limited where you know we will just never be able to know for
0: sure so that applies that's good this is so do we trust science
1: Uh, well, that, see,
0: that's just the science. Ah, what do you mean by that? Because again, there's the data and there's the evidence,
1: but then there's the people who have to take that data and say, what does this mean? And then they put that information together and come up with conclusions. And those, the evidence can be, doesn't lie. The evidence doesn't
0: lie. Let me take it a step back. Uh Uh-huh. You, you said the data was the first step. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. How would that come from? Right. Then you have to,
1: you have to collect. It was humans that did that. Yep yeah you have to collect the data which is there's uh
0: i mean completely dependent on what you're so i think this is an important conversation and i want to caveat this by saying i'm talking to an engineer yes so it's not like so i want to take us a little somewhere that's a little uh provocative and kind of uh maybe unsettling when we start questioning the reliability of this word science Uh uh-huh um but it it hadn't stopped you from being an engineer still. Right? I would say me
1: being an engineer is what made me realize. Oh wow, this is a lot more uh, subjective and not as simple as it is originally thought.
0: Tell tell us why.
1: Well, so like uh, there's. I've been a test engineer before, and when it comes to collecting data and measuring things, you have to do things in a very specific way. Uh, normally, it's standardized. So a good uh if so again i i worked on engines right testing engines here at john deere and one of the things that you have to keep track of is how hot your exhaust gases are coming out of the engine right um you need to do that for um making sure the engine isn't going to melt part of itself uh for you know is this thing just not going to break you have to do it for emission regulation purposes um i think those are the two big hitters and you have to measure it's it's when you're testing one engine from another from another, when you're trying to see if these things meet uh, emissions regulations and whatnot, you have to be very careful about how you measure that temperature. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So you could have two guys measuring exhaust temperature, even for the same engine, and you it run under, under the same conditions, and you can have two com- pretty widely
0: different values just based on how they collect that data. So given that, yeah, how the heck do you end up actually building a tractor that doesn't it's you know an engine that doesn't melt itself melt itself right yeah so there's going to be a lot of empirical trial and error at the
1: beginning and then uh so what i just said right is it matters where in this case uh a big factor is where you measure the temperature both how far downstream from the engine do you measure it how there's an exhaust pipe so how much into that pipe do you measure it what do you measure it with like there's different ways to measure temperature um these are all factors and which one of you know which uh, out of all these factors how you put them together what's the most optimal way of doing it that's one discussion but the more important discussion and this is this is the the cleverness of engineering and science in some ways um is it doesn't necessarily matter which is the best way of measuring it matters that every time we make the measurement we measure it the same way whether it's measuring things a little bit inoptimally, or maybe this isn't the true temperature, um, at least it's consistent from test to test to test. So you can see how things change based on your different you know, conditions or whatever. Um, if you wanna measure how much cooler your exhaust temperature is when running this test versus that test, it doesn't so much matter where you um, measure the temperature, just that you measure the temperature in the same ways. Or the same way between both tests. Not to say that you right, kind optimize
0: of the, the location, but sure, you but it's have, kind of an all things being equal type thing. You don't this have
1: is, to rip, yeah, you don't have to rip your hair out trying to optimize that part if you
0: just keep it consistent between tests. Okay, now here's why are we talking about this? Because we were just talking about this idea that access to limitless information has not made the average person any wiser. The point is, this information is not wisdom. Mm-hmm. There's human elements even to just info and data sets and all this and that. So. Um, so that takes experience, discernment, um, time. You know, there's a lot there. Ex- um, exp- yeah, experience um, and expertise. In I- fact, wisdom is a is a thing, right? So some pe- it is a thing, and some people are wiser than others. What is okay. what, what is wisdom? Ooh,
1: I would say it is the ability to interpret and apply, uh, or interpret evidence to come up with "quote unquote" correct conclusions. And then able to apply those conclusions in a in an appropriate manner.
0: It's like a judgment, like a, like judgment, mm-hmm. uh, right? Yeah. And so, someone who's a fool, no amount of inform- mere information mm-hmm. is going to make him wise, right? Because you can have a whole
1: textbook of information, but if you have no idea what to, what to interpret, I mean, for example, right? I could give you a, a really extreme and. and sort of facetious um, example is I could give you all the books of explaining, you know, quant- p- pick your poison, right? Quantum mechanics, nuclear physics, yada, yada, anything. Did you say
0: nuclear? Did I? You did. Nuclear. You said nuclear. Nope, don't know what you're talking Which about. Which is fine. I mean, people pronounce things differently. I say things wrong all the time, but I just noticed that that's like a that's like a George W. Bush. Mm.
1: I can't say the word peculiarities very well either peculiarities 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 yeah it's a weird word see now you don't know which one it is do you no Ah. nuclear anyway um i can give you all the books on let's say nuclear physics Mm. and let's say it's all i mean all the textbooks in all the world so you have all the pieces of information that you need regarding nuclear physics but you're not going to be a nuclear physicist if you just have the books, if you just have the information, particularly if I give them to you in French. Now you're not going to literally know how to translate what you're reading. You need somebody who's actually learned the stuff and can apply. Synthesized
0: it, applied it.
1: Yeah. Now that's an extreme That's a st- extreme stupid example. Here's, a, here's a probably a better example. If I'm running, oh, I'm trying to think of something. Mm. Um, if you're trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of an example that most people would know. Well. I'm just going to go back to my own hometown of uh, engine testing. If you bring an intern in to run the test, he's not going to know what he's, going to do, what he's doing, even if it's just to interpret the data after I ran it for him. He's not going to know what he's, what he's looking at.
0: He may have all the book learning. Yeah. Let me use another example. Um, so I'm a, I'm a believer that corporal punishment uh, can be a good and healthy part of rearing children, right? So. Oh, cor- for a second, when you said that. I thought I said capital punishment.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it say, may come to that. I thought you said. I thought you were going to say capital punishment is a. What did you say? Like a healthy role has a healthy role in running society. Is what I thought oh, yeah, you're gonna yeah. no, no, so no. you were going to say. So he said, "I think." Cap, I thought you said capital yeah, punishment yeah. has a healthy role in raising children. <laughs> raising children. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoa.
0: So now that statement is loaded, and people's minds are going all different places. Um, but I think it's true. Spare the rod, spoil the child. All right, now that's information. Mm-hmm. In the hands of a fool, <sighs> these kids are in trouble. Oh, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: you mean because a there's fool. a
0: whole lot who just says, "Oh, sp- sp- I don't want to spoil my child." Here comes the rod. They don't know what, they, and it's yeah. disconnected from all kinds of stuff, like one, the broader teaching on on life and how we raise children and how we love people and and uh, reading context and knowing each child and knowing yourself i mean there's a whole lot that comes around that that Mm -hmm. sentence that informs it it's another example of how mere information is not is not the path to wisdom so let's let's move on here to number five sure it's number five he says this anything and everything can and will be politicized by the media government and those who trust them yeah um so obviously, I mean, the obvious stuff is like COVID, masks, vaccines, all that. Um, this really struck me when Simone Biles dropped out of the Olympics. Yeah, I heard. I don't, and I, I, I heard about that. Okay, so she dropped out, yeah. at least maybe of a particular the group event, maybe. Okay. The team event, and uh, of course, everyone has an opinion on whether she should have or shouldn't have. Okay. And what what I saw was within 24 hours, this thing was politicized. Ah. You could go down the political aisle, and generally Republican or Democrat or left or right, and there were strong opinions aligned politically. So, like, all the Republicans were saying one thing
1: and all the Democrats are saying another.
0: At, to a great extent. Now, what were the Republicans saying? They were saying...
1: probably. I would, can I guess? Yes. I don't actually know because okay. I didn't really pay attention. I heard I heard some of the, the ruminations. Okay. I am guessing in that they said she shouldn't have quit because it's betraying her country.
0: Yeah, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's betraying her country. It, it, we don't quit. Yep. You know, heroes don't quit. All right, and then the people more on the left were saying heroes. You got to take care of yourself. Mhm. Right? Now which one's right? Oh, so
1: per I, I can give you my personal opinion on sure. that on that situation is I don't care what she does. <laughs> okay. She's a, she's a gymnast, man. And when people say heroes don't quit, I'm okay, like Okay, a gymnast know. is a hero nowadays? They like, hey, don't get me wrong. Well, they're like the stuff that they can do is absolutely
0: Okay, crazy. let me can I rephrase that? Uh, the greats don't quit. The great, stuff. right? So take someone like Michael Jordan, or like they were using an example of like Carrie Strug, or Strug is it that she was a couple Olympics back and she, you know, she had like a broken, torn ankle and then just did it anyway and then powered through and landed it and it was a glory moment. So like those are the moments that make glory, right? What was like, the what was the
1: cost she had to pay for that? I wonder though, like did was she? I mean, still dealing with injury today because what
0: she did. Well, let me back you up here. So let, the question being um is. So whether or not Simone Biles should have well, quit, I don't. Right. I don't freaking know. Nor right. do I care. Like I don't even watch the Olympics. Yeah. But I'm... the principles, one is saying, it's the it's the tough things that make the heroes, right? Sure. And you, if you dedicate something, you follow through and you do it for your you sacrifice for your team. Is that true? And then so the other side is saying you have to know when to stop, when to quit. You need to have self care. You can't just. Uh huh. Which one of those principles are true? I would if,
1: so you're asking me? Yeah. Cuz I may have a little bit of a rant here. Let's go. Is I think it the answer is very contextual, right? If you're in if you have a family that depends on you and like you're the man of the house and you're trying to get um get them by, you got to do what it takes, man. At that point, you committed to your wife, you committed to your your
0: kids. So context
1: matters. Well, yeah, because they're both right. You do have to take care of yourself and Sometimes you do have to sacrifice yourself for the betterment of others, even if it means sacrificing your own well-being. Those aren't mutually exclusive. The question is, is the is um the Olympics, which bucket does that fall into? And it's the bloody Olympics. Well, it depends people. on the degree of her injury, the degree it's, of
0: what she's struggling with. Sure, a, you we know, don't
1: know. If she woke up and she was like, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, in a literal sense, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna do it. I'd be like Some like really like you made it all the way here. There's so many people who would have killed to be in your position. You're just gonna let it go that you know like that if it was something that frivolous, or if she's just like, oh, it's uh, you know I accidentally put the wrong sock on today. Uh, I'm not gonna do it. So that would be a little ridiculous. So even at that point, you know what? She's the gymnast. What do I care? I'll I'll
0: let her do her thing. That's me personally. But Yeah. yeah. So here's to me. What's sociologically fascinating about this is that. You know, the question, which one of those statements is right, which one of those values is right? It's like they're both valuable things. Yeah. And it's hard to know in each particular context. You know, there's, there's this, it goes back to the wisdom thing mm-hmm. and really not knowing her mind. It's her business, her mindset. I don't know. But even though I would say, well, two things. Number one, we don't actually know, it's her decision. Mm-hmm. Number two, everything that people are saying are actually both valuable. Mm-hmm. Sacrificing yourself. is valuable self-care is valuable Mm -hmm. okay and yet these two things that are both true how now how now become mantras for two camps that vilify one another Mm -hmm. what in the world which is I actually think what's this is a broader issue of how polarization works in general is most most Issues, I think can be divided into competing tensions between actual uh, equal values. Mm. So like, for example, uh, should we pull out of Iraq or Afghanistan? Should we have pulled out of Afghanistan? Should we Should we have? Yeah. What do you think? I don't know a lot about this. All right, right. So I number one, again, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. But I would I say there's know. two competing values here, right? Yeah. It it at stake at least, but it, it it follow me here. If you believe that the role of America is to be a bit interventionist, kind of like Romans, the Romans were, and to bear the sword for justice across the world, I think you can make a biblical argument that somebody's going to do that, and God's going to use nations to restrain other nations, and then He's going to use other nations to do, dominate other nations, like. Like, uh, the whole idea of the emperor uh, wields a sword to punish good and do evil, mm-hmm. right? Are they only allowed—what's an emperor? It's an empire. It literally infringes on people outside of its own Bo- yeah, its own borders, right? Yeah. It's, it's the whole thing. Now, what is he—are they going to do good or are they going to do evil? Well, it's going to be a mix. Mm-hmm. But you can make a biblical argument for there's a role for that kind of nation in history, mm-hmm. right? And if you can also make a biblical argument for mind your own business— let the nations do their thing. That's not, you mind You mind your nation, right? And that's more of a non-interventionist, right? Hmm. Now, the question is, wh- do you have more interventionist tendencies, like more like a police state? Like, man, we need to we need to be out there policing because otherwise someone else is gonna be the empire and they're gonna do worse than us, right? Yeah. All well, right. Like, I don't think anyone's gonna make a completely non-interventionist argument. Like, should, should there have been a world war ii well there was going to be a world war ii whether the united should the states united states have gotten involved mm. should england have gotten involved at some point someone like a hitler rises up well we're not interventionists that's not true at some point you're going to be triggered to interventionism can i a little aside yes to, to the united states defense in
1: world war ii we said
0: we didn't want to get involved and then japan bombed us and then germany and Italy. yeah but we knew they were going to bomb us and we let them bomb us so we could get into oh, war. Oh,
1: that's, that's... All. Oh, come on. I know that. You don't believe that? Theory. You probably think we think so. went to
0: the moon. I'm just kidding. Everyone just relax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't uh, think that the United States, uh, got, if it wanted to have a false flag attack to spurn World War II, I don't think that they would have allowed the amount of destruction that they did to do it. Because they crippled them. If the United States government, uh, quote-unquote, allowed Japan to bomb Pearl Harbor just to say, hey, we have an excuse to go to war now... It was an absolutely stupid decision because they destroyed the entire Pacific fleet and or at least rendered it crippled for a whole half a year before we were able to get it back up and running again. The only thing that they really didn't touch were our aircraft carriers, but they can't support themselves without battleships and destroyers and cruisers and whatnot. So the the Japanese had free reign in the Pacific for six months until midway, I believe. Uh, in which case we kicked their butts and then the World War, the the war in the Pacific had the tables returned completely at that point. All right. We digress, though. But I or, triggered you. Yes, you did. I don't. <laughs> if, I'll say this. I don't. I guess I don't, I've heard the conspiracy theory before. I don't know if it's true or not. The whole, the fact that the their carriers were out on training exercises, I think. Sure, that's quote unquote convenient that they weren't there to get bombed. Um, but a bunch of other stuff did. And I think that again, if the United States government were looking for an attack by the Japanese to use as an excuse to go attack the Japanese, they wouldn't have done, they wouldn't have allowed what they did. It's like, it's sort of like saying this, Hey, it's like giving up too much. Well, yeah, it's like saying, Hey, I really want to be able to, um, fight to hit Donovan back. Oh, but to do that legitimately, he's going to have to hit me first. I know I'll get him to shoot me in the face. <laughs> well, then I'll have the then I'll have the the the, um, the excuse to punch him back. It's like Jack, you're gonna let him shoot him shoot you in the face. Like that's
0: a bit extreme. Well, now that's now here's the thing. Here's what you're presuming mm-hmm. is that those people are as wise as you are. <sighs> you know what no, I mean? You're I think, saying here's what's reasonable. Therefore, that must be what would I? It precludes someone being unreasonable. I think that
1: if the if these you know high up government officials are trying to manipulate uh, the. Socio-political situation to get themselves in a world, give themselves an excuse getting into World War II. You could
0: find an easier way.
1: That they knew what they were doing, and it scares me to say that. But I think that would be the case.
0: Yes, that's what I'm saying. It,
1: it's it's scary. I don't think it's a bunch of inept, you know, people up
0: there. I think these people know exactly what they're doing. Doesn't mean they're wise.
1: Uh, not in the grand. Scheme it could be of why
0: don't you? They're shrewd. Yup. They're certainly, Clever. crafty. Yeah, crafty.
1: But the wisdom, right? The the, the flaw in their wisdom is that saying. they're putting their hope in political power and not putting it into.
0: A mean, home. but you're kind of saying that like people can't make uh, people at that level of government can't make um, tragic error.
1: Oh, they no, they can. But I I I think there's like this this uh, prevailing thought, particularly among you know maybe libertarians or not, that the government's run by a bunch of boobs. And I don't think that's the case. I think that again, they know exactly what they're doing, but their intentions and their machinations are very machinations. Very um what's the word I'm looking for? Dark, I think is a bit too cliche of a word, but very harmful. Clandestine? And yeah, clandestine and
0: malicious. Wow. Um, okay, let me back up. I don't mean to trigger you with the with the World War Two thing, but Pearl Harbor. The idea being here's what I here's here's how I'd frame it. People that are saying now we shouldn't be interventionists underestimate the evil in the world like i'm literally listening to this i don't need to name her name i don't remember it right now but she's on rogan arguing how the u.s shouldn't be interventionist Mm -hmm. and rogan kind of brings up the thing like well what about what if china arises and does evil and she's kind of naive like why would china want to do evil why would russia want to do evil well and it's like okay why would russia want to do evil let's just stay over here and like just not intervene like okay maybe there is evil that's bigger that needs to be checked by an empire like the U.S. Perhaps. And I would say, peop- but on the other hand, people that tend toward interventionism underestimate the evil of their own empire. Ah, yes, I was, right? was going to get on that point. Okay, so they're both, they're both in one sense underestimating evil somewhere, yep. right? And But who has the right estimate of that? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I say, I don't know. I don't have that calculation. God does. I guess if you asked me to vote, I'd, I guess I'd pick one and vote, but I don't actually have that I think you didn't vote. No, you're right. I don't. Yeah. But I don't actually know that there's a balance between, well, is the sum, is the net sum of the U.S.'s empire mm-hmm. good or bad for the world? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. But everyone else knows and has neatly aligned into camps that are sure all these people who
1: are not you know experts in interpreting what data is out there dealing with data that is very likely corrupt or flat out wrong because a bu- just just it's the internet's just a bunch of people spewing a bunch of stuff and then again you have these people who are weekend warrior conspiracy theorists or you know they read a news article and they they think that they're completely brought up to speed on this situation. You have bad data, bad interpretation of that data, and then you have the people who are coming to conclusions based on those two things being fanatically overzealous about their stance, and then that's where the polarization comes in. And aligned, kind of have already picked a team. Right. So you have a bunch of these uninformed, um, or I should say maybe misinformed, can't interpret the data uh, fanatics just going at each other. And that's that's my view of the American political system right now. Oh, it's out of control. Yeah, and it just makes me lose a lot. It it just puts a real bad
0: taste in my mouth. Over the past few years, my interest in the political scene has just been going down and down and down. Well, and this is where where he says everything can and will be politicized. Like I get it when it's stuff like that impacts politics. Like we're literally making policy about vaccines or making policy about masks or or um you know whether or not we should be you know foreign policy whether or not we should be in afghanistan or whatever but simone biles dropping out of the olympics gets po- gets politicized yeah they're looking for a fight at that point they're they're just gonna you said no, Zubi zuby said it
1: i can't say it any clearly clearly or more clearly than he did anything and everything can and will be politicized and then so, by the media government and those who trust trust them and he's right and it sucks it does suck. I mean, here's again my view of Simone Biles is oh she mm. dropped out of the Olympics and I'm just like, okay. I'm sure a lot of people were. You know what? That's the other factor too, Donovan. Well, then it getting, gets we're forgetting the fact that all the people that we that we've been you know talking about this whole time and the, the, these highly politicized and high, high, excuse me, highly polarized situations and all these people just screaming off the rooftops over political over politicizing everything they're probably one to two percent of the population and then there really is the other 99 to 98 percent of people who just say I really
0: don't care I don't know man I I I don't think it's that much because they're not speaking up so you don't know that they're there Uh, there's a lot of reasons not to speak up man okay I I follow this uh, this Facebook page Mm -hmm. it's called the other 98 percent it's pretty liberal
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard about them. Um, That was not the 98% that I was just talking about. No, no, no. These are the 98% of people who don't really care about Simone Biles dropping out of the Olympics. Maybe they do coincide, coincidentally, but I doubt
0: it. 6.6 million like it. That's a pretty good number. The other day I saw a post from them. Mm -hmm. It's a picture. a meme, right? Go on. Two images. The top image is a Klan mask. like some probably a man probably a probably a pastor (laughs) in a clan mat clan hood Uh and then the picture below it was like a surgical mask like a blue like regular like we wear right like a coronavirus mask yeah and here's what it said funny how they can breathe in this the top image but not in this What is the message?
1: That everybody who's against masks is a Klansman.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Woo. Okay. I'm like, this is insane. Yep. Okay. Let's go. Six million followers. Let's go take a sampling, take a romp through the comments. Mm-hmm. Right now? Uh, no, I don't have the post pulled up. I just oh. did. I did. That's what oh, I do. Did. I go, Oh, let's see what people think about this. Okay. Yeah. Overwhelming agreement and support.
1: Well, you Donovan, this doesn't attack. this doesn't touch on the number of people who actually agree. No, no, it does. Let's say there's a let's say there's you said there's had six point six million followers, right?
0: Sure. How many comments did you read? How many comments did you see on there? Well yeah. I can tell you this. I can tell you this that I think I have a statistically significant experience with this with this page because I I click on it all the time and they're constantly posting nonsense like that yeah. and I can predict that as soon as I click through to the comments there's going to be overwhelming support well, so yeah, I have statistical Donovan, you don't join a page on Facebook because you dislike what they no, say no. I know but that's what I'm saying That's 6 million people like that type of con- that type of uh, content that's not that's not a small fragment of the population, and that's just one page. Is that just the U.S.? I don't know. I would think it's I, English. I think it's other parts of the Europe, of the world as well.
1: Probably a lot of pe- people from Europe in there. Besides, you have to also think that one just because you uh, uh, like the page doesn't mean that you like everything that the page posts, and two, they may have liked it once for something, it
0: moved that on, they said, and then completely forgot about it. In fact, yeah, I'm no one, one of the ones that likes it. Are you? There well, I did like it. I follow it. Well, there you, there
1: you go. <laughs> okay. See, you That's are fair enough. your own
0: counterexample. It's fair enough. But I don't know, man. I, I Again, this is a question. of What are we discussing? We're discussing the extent to which what percentage of the population is actually mm-hmm. kind of radicalized or um, actually polarized. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, so here's here's a counterpoint yeah. against myself. So you see, you go online, you're like, oh, crap, there's race wars you know and then you just walk into panera and your yeah. black guy holds the door open for you And you're like hey how you doing he's like great good day yeah. he's like wait a minute i thought we were supposed to like be at each other's throats or something uh-huh so i do think there's i do think that there's a there's a minority kind of like wagging the dog type thing like wagging the dog have you ever heard of that so wag the dog means uh i've heard of hair of the dog another expression which i don't understand. Is that the hair of the dog that bit you or something like that? It's something to be I think what does it mean? Like you got a hangover or something? Yeah, you're supposed to if you go if you were drunk on whiskey, you drink whiskey. Oh. There's actually something medical to that, that like your body's oh your body's craving that and it's an overreaction to like not having it anymore. And if you oh. give it a little bit, it might feel a little better. Oh. But to wag the dog means that uh it's a political move by which you um like the dog's the majority, the tail is um the minority, but the dog oh. should be wagging the tail. But sometimes the tail wags the dog, which oh. means you can you can create a diversion, a distraction, or some through some kind of yeah. small thing. Actually, yeah. there's a movie about this with I think Dustin Hoffman in it. So yeah. kind of the idea is like, oh man, look what's going on in Afghanistan. Like, and you know, like really, well, what what else is going on? Because that might oh. be the tail. That might be the tail wagging the dog. And they're using that as an, as a distraction, a diversion. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So anyway, I get I, I do agree that it's probably. a... a, a a smaller percentage of the po- population that is more polarized. That's why that's why, that's why it's called that. But I, I my sense is, is it's maybe not as small as you think. I mean, you watch. Did you watch the social dilemma? No.
1: I know you you recommended it and I just haven't watched it. Yeah.
0: No, it'll make you panic. Um. I, got, I can I put that on my to do list. Yeah. You know, what, what about it? What about what? Anyways, whatever. The, the question. Oh, the social dilemma. And yeah. How it. Well, okay. So, well, here's why I bring it up. So, polarization, right? That sounds like well, that, that in, you know, to be radicalized, that insinuates a minority. That's why it's radical, right? Mm. If everyone, so it's kind of like a bell curve thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. If everybody agreed with it, they would be saying it's like, right? Hey, everybody, the sky's blue, and
0: say, like, yeah. But if there's mechanisms at play that that change the curve to where there's more at the at the uh. at the ends right then then would be under normal circumstances that's what the the social dilemma is about It's talking about how basically the algorithms in social media lend toward you um being in an echo chamber oh right what, Being in an echo sure. chamber being self-reinforcing things and then also tend toward uh things that are angry Ah. right so then the, so what happens is basically you get these growing populations that are no longer communicating and hearing one another and yeah. only being self-reinforced by I believe that's true now to what extent yeah. that has happened I don't know but they're no, they're no longer hearing one another no I agree right and so which is I do I do think that's why things get so highly politicized so like so that's what they were doing with that at that post right they were saying they were equating disagreement on maybe their position on masks with a Klan member. Well, nobody wants to be that, right? That's how these things politicize so quickly. Like, take the Simone Biles thing. I don't think it's actually... I think it's really obvious that both sides are saying something that's valuable. And they're having a different conversation. But they're quickly distancing themselves oh wait so some someone leads out in this when you can kind of see why the the right would tend to be more like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and the left would be tend to be more empathetic you know there's kind of a
1: it's actually kind of funny because if you think about it because somebody on the right are like for individual liberties and then people on the left are like no you have to do what's f- for the greater good and they are contradicting the both that, parties are in, contra- that position? in that in that, in that and are, comp-
0: are contradicting one another well, so, know, excuse me they're contradicting themselves right So how did this sort so quickly into these two camps? And I think that's part of it, is that one camp started saying something, and even though what they're saying might be valuable, it's the Nazis saying it, Mm right you don't, well, don't want to be, be a nazi don't want to be a nazi no
1: boom and now it's now it, your life is a meme and then hey it's, these are the communists saying this other thing you don't want to be
0: a communist right what are do you a yeah. commie you know yeah. commies are, oh they're just whiners and criers and entitled and they just want everything and man no no this is america mm-hmm. you know liberty and frontiersmanship and it's just like oh my gosh frontiersmanship <laughs> i just made up that word man that's a good sounding word though wow this is complex it takes wisdom which and, I don't, I don't and speaking
1: have. of wisdom, too, remember when it comes to interpreting information and being able. You can, so, what, right, Donovan, what was the evidence oh that you gosh. saw? When it came to the. Not, would you have something else? Did you see something else? No, 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 go, go, go. No, so the, ni- that, that, uh, the, the other 98% that you brought up, this sure. is a, I think this is a good example of what I was trying to say earlier. What pieces of info do, do you know that they have 6.6 million followers and that every comment, that, uh, excuse me, so they have 6.6 million followers is fact number one. Fact number two is they made this extremist claim uh, sta- like, uh, or claim mm-hmm. about the mass comparison. Fact number three is every comment, you saw a lot of the comments. Majority. The majority. The
0: majority. overwhelming, 98% of comments are yep. supportive. Okay, responding. so
1: let's just say that an, only a negligible amount don't support this extreme claim. And there was probably quite a few comments as well. Probably in the thousands, Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah however now you have to realize if now you have to take so if you just take that information I would think it'd be easy to say wow there's a lot of people on this page this page makes extremist comments and a lot of people on that page like that extremist content but you're I would think that you're leaving some things out like you don't know well you do know I think so how many followers they have is 6.6 million how many people actually commented
0: I mean I could look it up
1: right so let's say 10,000 Sure. So sixty. And so let I me. Mean, so what's the percentage? So six thousand would be, uh, well, six point six thousand would be, point
0: one percent of the followers. But here's the. I still go back to the. I get what you're saying, but the no, point no, no, no. is, people like it. It's like, like if if I say, man, yeah, but this, you don't,
1: but you don't know what they liked it for. You like no, it. No, no, no. I know other people
0: that like no, it because I have wisdom. Comment. Oh, you have wisdom. I do. Oh. Well, I'm I'm gonna school you. Okay. I think it's generally wise to assume that things that gather uh, followings, the people following like it. Now, you could say maybe not necessarily. I guess we could play that game, but mm-hmm. my life has taught me that when everyone buys Coca-Cola, it's because they like it. When everyone subscribes, when Ben Shapiro's show is rising to the top of the podcast list, it's because people generally like it. Now maybe someone liked it and then unfollowed it. and mm-hmm. Yeah, but generally, the the following shows, they like it. It's funny you bring it up. Six million people like this. There's an ironic person. Like, for example, mm. I listen to communist podcasts. The majority of our church probably doesn't. I mm. I do things that are different and weird like that. Like, I'll follow that page. You're, you're doing your homework. I'm doing my homework. Yeah. Most people in our church won't follow that page. So I, I'm a, I'm anomalous. And I think it's wise to assume that people who would do such a thing are anomalous. The, the six million people as a whole mm-hmm. who follow that page like what they're hearing. Now, I also... Well, Uh, like what they are
1: hearing because I know that that page was big big back when like the banking like 10 years ago well more than 10 years ago now when the banking crisis was going down and they are making much more rational claims
0: than they are now so maybe a lot of those people joined up okay Okay. that's fair because that was 10 years ago and maybe those 6 million are ghost followers now they didn't unfollow it yeah I know there's a lot of pages on Facebook where
1: that's the same case for me um and then also the people who are commenting. So the people, the only people who you see making comments are the, are making extreme, you know, agreements and comments, right? Right. So it's like self-sorting. Right. But what do you mean by that? Uh,
0: well, just like, well, of course they're going to, they already liked the page. The right?
1: only comments that you're going to see are the extreme people who extremely disagree or extremely agree. And it seems like most of them are sh- extremely agree, probably because the people who extremely disagree can't stand that page.
0: So they're not gonna like it. Just because they can't they can't even see this stuff on their timeline. No, no. no, no. That's them. fine. So that's that's fine. I understand that there's there's probably gonna be a lot of people who disagree and they're not getting they're not getting um represented in the comments. But yeah. the problem is that it's an obs- it's on its face an absurd thing to agree with. This isn't actually debatable. What do you mean? What they're saying is false. Oh, so I'm not surprised that there's so many people that believe one thing and so many people believe another. I'm surprised so many people believe that outrageously, obviously, false statement. It isn't that they just have a different position. That's not up for debate. That's not up for debate. That people who- You should find People that don't want to wear a
1: mask are clan members. You should find somebody who agrees with that get them on the podcast. Let's see
0: things from their point of view. I know their point of view. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a slippery slope argument. It's a it's a radicalization right. argument. So you let's yep. say a lot of people who are anti-mask tend to be uh, white on the right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glasses. That's true. That's true. Okay. And in the 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 stage has already been set that if you are on the right you're a fascist hmm. the work has been done right this isn't there's no there's no middle ground here right what's a fascist a fascist is that's a good question a donovan. nazi okay what's a nazi well what i really want this is what is fascism donovan do you know out of um just out of my, from the hip. Uh, and it's okay if you don't, because I... I'm going to give up, you... I'll give I, you.
1: I, I, it has something to do with nationalism, and it's kind of fuzzy, because there haven't been a lot of fascist governments in history. The two that I'm aware of are uh, Mussolini's Italy and Hitler's Germany. And I don't think there's a lot of other examples. That's not a lot. So, no. and, and those two countries were, they were pretty... They were all kind of similar in how they ruled themselves, but there was differences, like which one is the fascist. Technically, it should be the, the Italians who are the fascists. They were actually, that was fascist Italy, in quotes. Fat, Nazis were national socialists. They were Nazis. They weren't fascists, technically.
0: Because I mean, of, yeah, of the word. Yeah, because of the word. But what are they doing? They weren't. Ah,
1: but that's the thing, right? A lot of people point to those two. The one country that was actually ever known as a fascist regime isn't the example that everybody everybody brings up as what fascism is. The one example they bring up did not call themselves fascists. Just a little interesting tidbit. Sure. But I think a lot of people who would point at somebody and say, you're a fascist, what is fascism? Ask them that. They're not going to be able to tell you, or at least if they give you an answer, it's going to be incorrect.
0: Well, it's going to be lumped in with a lot of stuff, racism, nationalism, Yeah. Um, y- using the power of corporations to... Oppress. press, um, I think that's one thing I hear is like this joining of, the, of forces with the government and the, right, as opposed to being an anti-corporation and wanting to, right. You're gonna, these things are gonna tend toward an extreme. Like so rather like. than the government ruling the companies, the government runs the companies. Kind of like China. Like are they fascist or communist? <laughs> no, the, no, that's, no, no, that's, that's my, my point, point. It's, it's semantics at that point. Sure, but the point is this, that, that meme works because there's already been a lot of cultural work done which is, which is vilifying, yep. vilifying and people vilify each other, right? So you have to say, okay, they're fascists and they're communists, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, so like another meme they put up was a, uh, uh Amer- the Republican Party America's ta- Taliban, and then they had this list of things like, you know, like, okay, they're the Taliban. So the point is, these things work because they've already done the the long term work of, I think, villainizing and not. Reaching across the aisle and trying to understand one another, and it's been done both mm-hmm. ways. It's been done both ways. Um, so anyway, that's what that's the that's what gives the meme the power. They mm-hmm. already believe. Well, yeah, you you an don't analogy. believe in science. You are a racist. Um,
1: which is funny that they call you know people who uh, don't believe in science Nazis because the Nazis
0: loved. Oh, science. they're good scientists. Oh man, they They were,
1: invented science. Oh, so many things from. Uh, like uh, NATO got it start with na- with uh,
0: Nazism. Jet jet engines got their start with Nazism. Kind of. Well, I'm sure you know that they took a bunch of Nazis and brought them here and yeah, put them uh, on the put them uh, on the dole. Oh, that's it? how we got to the moon, right? Uh, yeah. All right, Nazis. Nazis got the United States to the moon. It's basically <laughs> that,
1: if you take anything, if you take anything away from this podcast, <laughs> it's that
0: i don't think i have much time to continue on with many other things here oh i'm sorry this flew by i gotta be ncr by six
1: wow it's 450 already
0: yeah
1: oh now you know what time of day we do these things people do with that information what
0: you will hey i got a fun one one little fun one i'll be a little late um i i like oh never mind I'm, i'm not informed enough on this i'm I had a couple quotes, but I'm blurry on them right now, so it's not going to go anywhere good mm. um, yeah, so we'll come back to this maybe perhaps and uh, there's things you'd like us to hear or like us to discuss and hear as we discuss them mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let us know but Jack, fun as always it's been real yeah it does fly by, but listen a long term long format podcasts are like three hour conversations it's like it takes a while to actually get into things and yep. and once you do you can just go you can just go yeah man which is another part of the problem is that people are getting little nuggets little posts like you know it takes I mean, it takes some work to like sort through complex issues and yeah It's a hear a couple well informed people go back and forth on nuances of like well, things about the vaccines and masks uh-huh. and coronavirus—like everything's just been simplified to memes and tweets—and it's just—it
1: it reminds me a lot of like um, biblical analysis about stuff where you have people who go to school for this stuff for years, and even and then devote their career for it for decades, and to them this issue isn't clear, but you've read a couple of you know passages in scripture and you think you got it all figured out. You know, it's just like, buddy, this is is complicated stuff. Complicated stuff. Not to say that we can't learn and and get a good grasp on it, but just know it's like, you know, the, the rabbit hole goes deeper than you think.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right. See you all later. Bye.